Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome everyone to the Stardom Cast. This is a podcast we talk about all things about the fantastic wrestling world that is Stardom. We do it in a fun and what I like to think a super positive manner. I'm your host Matt Turner. This is episode 82, The Electric Boogaloo. I hope everybody's having a fantastic day. I hope you're better today than you were yesterday. I hope you're better this week than you were last week because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's just being a little bit better each and every day. Okay, quick programming note. Um, as of this recording, the last night of the five-star Grand Prix, night 19, is not up. So you can see in your description box, uh, we are going to be reviewing night 17 and nights 18. And also, I'm going to be previewing this weekend's absolutely loaded um, and unsure where it's going to go, uh, five-star final. Uh, so I'm going to go through all of that, all the matches, all my predictions and picks, and all the possible different ways that this tournament can end up. Because by my accounts and by all the wonderful people on Twitter that have helped me out, there's over 10 people that can qualify for the finals. So, And then what I plan on doing is rather than just having everybody wait another week for my uh, for the the next episode to come out probably as long as uh probably night 19 and the two matches from the stardom showcase uh volume two suzu starlight kit and hana saida i'm probably going we're going to be reviewing uh 19 excuse me night 19 those two matches from stardom and showcase and the final i'm probably going to record that either on saturday that day or uh, the final of uh, the five-star final so it'll probably be in your feed Sunday or Monday. Again, card subject to change, but you'll probably get two episodes probably in the next three or four days uh, just on the free feed. Just because I don't want to have the fantastic friends and family, the fantastic listeners of the Stardom cast to have to wait almost a week for my thoughts on what is going to be an absolutely loaded show. Speaking of loaded show, I went to a loaded concert this weekend. And, uh, well, I guess loaded. My dad was pretty well loaded. Uh, me, my my dad, and my best friend, Jeff. 
we went to go see Megadeth for the second time this year and probably maybe my 15th time seeing Megadeth. They co-headlined with Five Finger Death Punch at the beautiful Montage Mountain over in Scranton, Pennsylvania, about five minutes away from where I grew up and only about an hour or so away from where I live now. So it was a really, really fun time. Five Finger Death Punch was pretty good, but we kind of left halfway through just because, I mean, how do you beat Megadeth? Really, how do you beat Megadeth? One of my all-time favorite bands, one of my all-time favorite live acts, and still after all these years, Dave Mustaine and the boys over Megadeth kicking some major ass, and yeah, we uh, we got my dad pretty well uh, at 60, 60, almost 66 years old, got him uh, pretty well loaded, so uh, just sometimes Jim Beam is not his best friend, but it's always a good time hanging out with my dad and my lifelong best friend. Okay, enough about that. Let's get into these loaded shows. Again, this is, uh, we were going to start with Night 17, took place on the 19th of September, and we will start with a tag match that had uh, Ami Sori and Mirai take on the team of Sayakamitani and Lady C, taking on the former champs Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. Uh, good start with uh, Saya, Starlight Kid, and Mirai. Nice little three-way start between the uh, three of them. Good strike fest between Mirai and Momo Watanabe. And the Momo Starlight Kid stuff just keeps getting better and better as we were just on the doorsteps, too. Uh, after this tournament, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the tag brackets announced for the Goddess of Stardom tournament. I'm assuming Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. Assuming and keeping my fingers crossed that Momo and Starlight Kid will be a team in that tournament and probably one of the favorites to win the whole entire thing. Um, all six ladies and all three teams really, really shine here. It was kind of like a 50-50-50. Well, I mean, if you guys you're doing math, it's 33.3, 33.3, 33.3. Uh, everybody looked really good. Nobody really overshined anybody. Um, but uh, Ami Sori picks up the uh, the win over Lady C with a brain buster at 7 minutes, 57 seconds, 3.5 stars. And that gets the crowd nice and warmed up as we get to our first tournament match of the evening as we see Micah coming in with 12 points taking on May Sakurai one of the surprises of the tournament coming in with nine points and May Sakurai has been doing really really well uh, opening up her strikes in this tournament especially against the bigger and stronger opponent here in Micah Micah does a really good job feeding and selling uh, for her opponent there uh, I thought that was really good trying to make her fellow teammate look really good on the striking there uh, eventually, Micah dominates the early part of this match. May Sakurai comes back with a stunner. Haven't seen her do that before, going to the Stone Cold Steve Austin playbook, uh, which then she transitions into the SDF. Really liked how she did that. Um, May Sakurai hits the showstopper and the top rope elbow drop that Rob Goodwin hated all so much <laughs> back a handful of months ago. Uh, she really starts building momentum up until Micah hits the first lariat of the match, and then she follows up with the discus lariat, and then the Enka Otashi for the win, just under seven minutes, three and a half stars, pulling Micah up to 14 points. And obviously one of her best point tournaments, uh, you know, win percentage that she's ever had is, is this Red Stars block is really, really complicated. And I'm super excited and going to be super confused at the end of this podcast when we go over all the possibilities for the finals. Um, moving along. Stay in the Red Stars block as we have Azumi, the high-speed champion, coming in with 12 points, going up against Yunagi, coming in with just only two. Another shock of the tournament. I thought Yunagi would get up to six or eight points, but here she sits with just two. Uh, Yunagi, in the beginning, hangs with Azumi's high-speed offense that uh, kind of had me not scratching my head, but kind of thinking to myself, that might be a challenger for Azumi's high-speed belt You know, going into the fall and winter months here. I thought they had a really good high-speed exchange, like the first 45 to 50 seconds of this match, and something that maybe they're starting to plant the seeds in, that uh, maybe somewhere down the line we see Unagi getting a shot at the high-speed championship. I would have absolutely no issues with that. Uh, eventually, Azumi starts breaking down Unagi's arm. Azumi hits a few kicks that sends Unagi to the outside. Azumi hits that sick double stomp. I don't know how her ankles are going to hold up in a few years. She hits that sick double stomp to the outside. Um, Azumi, excuse me, as Azumi tries to get into the ring, Yunagi grabs her off the apron, hits the, um, like a version of uh, Chuck Taylor's awful waffle off the apron and sets up a near double count out. We go back to the ring as we see some high speed and flash pins back and forth. Yunagi hits a big y Yakuza kick. And as she goes for the cover, 
Um, Uzumi cradles Yunagi's head and reverses her pinfall attempt into a pinfall attempt of her own. Three and a quarter stars. This one got done just under seven minutes. I really like that finish. Something completely different. As you And it was a really good job on the camera angle. As you see, Yunagi was going for the pin. How Azumi just wrapped Yunagi's head and used her own momentum and popped her hips and then, you know, got the cradle. It only takes three seconds to get a win. And if anybody's really the master at using anybody's momentum against them, it is Azumi. Because the Azumi Sushi is a move that basically you're using your own body weight and momentum against you. So I thought that was a really, really cool finish. A really, really solid match. They told a good story and just got it done in under seven minutes. We uh, stay at the, uh, excuse me, we go to the Blue Stars block as we have Mina Shirakawa coming in with six points versus Suzu Suzuki coming into this match with six points as well. Uh, Mina hits the low dropkick right in the beginning, the Muda-style dropkick, and goes right to Suzu's knee. As we see now, Mina's, her psychology is, uh, the last few matches, is going after that knee to set up uh, for the figure four and to set up her strikes. That really takes, you know, you only have one leg. It really makes it easier to kind of take you. The psychology is to take the opponent up, the opponent off their feet with the uh, uh, insiguri and the uh, forearms that she's been throwing. So really enjoying Mina's psychology um, and selling uh, the offensive selling into these matches. Eventually, the action spills to the outside, where obviously Suzu Suzuki, the deathmatch wrestler, clearly has the advantage. She throws Mina into the front row. Eventually beats her all the way back in the ring. Eventually Mina starts firing back with some kicks. Then Mina hits the rolling elbow and the reverse DDT for two count. She goes to the top rope, but Suzu cuts her off with a big superplex. Uh, the two of them start trading blows and insiguris as we get a really nice double down here. And uh, a really good point to part, excuse me, in the match to put the double down as they have the crowd settle at that point. Now we're going to bring them back up. Mina hits um hits the uh, the... the uh, another roaring elbow and then the uh, to the back and then the draping DDT combination for a two count. Another combination she's been using a lot. I'm a big fan of that because it works the opponent's neck. Uh, Mina goes for the uh, glamorous driver Mina, but Suzu slips out. She hits a super kick, a German suplex combination for two count. She hits the tequila shot for two and then she does the stalling German suplex for the win. Three and three-fourth stars. This one got done in nine minutes, 25 seconds. Another excellent showing from Mina Shirakawa. Clearly showing how much she's improved. And I knew going into this tournament that she would have a fantastic showing. But even me, who had all the praise and all the, you know, double thumbs up that Mina's going to come out of this tournament a lot better than she went in. She's even blowing away my expectations. And Suzu Suzuki, after getting off to a slow start, is just rocking and rolling in this tournament and a big fan of how she the psychology of working the neck towards the end you know with the tequila shot and the uh, german suplex whether she does the stalling german suplex or the locomotion german suplex a really big fan of that as that one got the job done uh we go back to the red stars block as we have tam nakano coming in with 12 points to going up against momo kogo with two points kind of where i figured these two would be at this point uh, momo's having a really good tournament match wise but, you know, she's a substitute for Tekla. You know, she'd be eating a lot of pinfalls. But, again, I think she's going to be coming out of this tournament with a lot of more big match experience uh, as she's going up against the former white belt champion in the current one uh, one half of the current goddess of stardom champions. Uh, Momo tries to start fast um, with uh, with a drop kick but and a big, uh, big head kick. But eventually, um, Tam gets the hanging dragon sleeper. On to Momo Kogo that sends Momo crash into the outside. The two of them go back and forth for a little bit until Momo gets the advantage by hitting the 619 running off the apron. I thought that was a really cool spot. Again, I'm a big fan of how Momo Kogo uses the 619 in all sorts of different ways, whether it's offensive, whether it's defensive, whether it's to kind of break their opponent's momentum down. I really enjoy this psychology that she just takes one move and you can use it in whole different ways. I was a big fan of that. Um, Eventually, Momo rolls Tam back in the ring, and she hits the springboard dropkick for two count, and then she hits the 619 Tornado DDT. Haven't seen that one in a bit. I don't think she's really brought that one out too much in the tournament. And then she follows up with the Nectar Peach, only gets a two count. As we see Momo Kogo just getting super aggressive on Tam, trying to get a few more points before the end of this tournament. Tam goes for a spin kick, but misses. Um, Momo catches Tam in uh, her Karana for two count. Again, Momo really keeping the pressure on Tam here. Tam quickly bounces back with a violent shooting 
and she starts stomping away at poor Momo's face. As you can see, she's just aggravated that she really can't slow Momo down. Tam eventually hits that spin kick that she was trying for earlier and feeds right into the picture-perfect Tiger Suplex for three, three and three-fourth stars for me. Seven minutes, 21 seconds. Again, another excellent showing for Momo Kogo in this match, bringing Tam Nakano, a favorite of the Red Stars for many folk, um, to 14 points. We stay at the Red Stars block action as we have the high-speed genius Koguma coming in at 10 points, going up against Risa Sarah coming in with 11 points. Uh, Koguma does a really great job out-wrestling the deathmatch wrestler to start out as she really frustrates Risa with all of her bare antics, which I thought was really funny. Eventually, Koguma sees the death stare in Risa's face, and Koguma decides to take a little break as she tries to run outside the ring. Risa eventually catches her and sends her, fires her through a whole bunch of chairs. Makes sense. Think about if someone's ticking you off about something, if someone's being annoying, and they try to run away from you, the first thing you do is when you grab them, you're probably going to either punch the crap out of them or throw them through something. And, uh, yeah, Risa Sarah basically taking a page out of uh, what Suzu Suzuki did earlier, and that was flurring, uh, throwing her opponent into a pile of chairs. Um, Risa hits a corner powerbomb, followed up by the double knees, and then the Vader bomb double knees for a two count. Koguma hits a uh, top rope cutter for two. Nice little spot there as Risa was building up momentum. Koguma comes off with the cutter. Uh, big fan of that. Uh, Risa, uh, excuse me, Koguma goes for a German suplex. Risa Sarah counters it with an air raid crash. And then she sits out, hits the sit-out DVD for two. She hits a second air raid crash and then bombs away with those double knees that she's won so many matches with this tournament with. Eight minutes, 15 seconds, another three and three-fourth stars match. And that brings Risa Sarah up to lucky 13 points. Moving on, we go to the main event of this show. Uh, just seven matches on this show. As we see Yutami Hashista, the winner of this tournament two years ago, taking on Saki from Colors. Saki coming in with eight points. Yutami coming in with 10 points. Um, I figured that's what Saki probably would have finished with in this tournament, a respectable six or eight points. And uh, Yutami, I figured... And she probably may have a little bit more going into this because I do have Utami as my pick to win the Red Stars. Um, be that as it may, we had some really solid technical wrestling between the two uh, to start. Um, I thought that was really, really good, nice back and forth, good way to settle the crowd down and then to bring them back up. And boy, did howdy, did the former champion Utami bring them back up as she hits an air raid crash onto the apron for the first big move of the match. Um, eventually... Uh, Utami gets on Saki on the outside, but then Saki returns the favor with a Mijinoku driver onto the floor. So really good way to start the match. You had some really good uh, technical wrestling to start. And then we have two big bumps back to back to kind of put uh, these two wrestlers on even keel. Uh, eventually the match, the excuse me, eventually the action gets back into the ring and we get a big form exchange between the two ladies. Uh, then Saki locks in the pendulum swing using Oyutami's momentum against her. I thought that was really cool. She hits the wild buster and then follows up with a pair of Yakuza kicks, but only gets two. Saki quick, quickly hits another Mijinoku driver, but only gets two. At this point, you can see Saki selling frustration. You can see Yutami's selling of exhaustion and beat up really coming through uh, between the two. I thought that was a really good part on the emotional spectrum of this tournament match in the main event. Just something that added just a little bit more to the main event. Yeah, Saki tries to follow up with another wild buster, but Utami escapes with a German suplex and then hits another German suplex, but a stalling one this time only gets two. Uh, Utami goes for the BT bomb, but she winds up escaping and hits a, uh, excuse me, she rolls up Utami for a flash pin that a lot of people felt for. Eventually, Utami fires up, hits a series of clotheslines, and then comes back with the BT bomb for the win. This main event only got about seven minutes, but I thought it was it was fantastic. I thought they told a really good story. They sold the frustration of Saki really unloading on Utami, and they showed Utami's resilience. And that once Utami started hitting those closed lines, it was time to take it home. Four and a quarter stars. As I've been really impressed with Saki, her first few matches I thought were good to very good, and then you get into the matches that she's had with Shuri and Utami, and they've just been absolutely excellent. I mean, uh, first, I mean. Shuri and Yutami are going to have a good match with anybody. But Saki has done a really good job stepping up her game into the bigger matches. And I'm really excited to see where they go with her uh, after this tournament. Um, and that puts Yutami up to 12 points. Okay, we go to the Corkin Hall show, night 18. 
Um, actually, it was well for Japan. It was day eighteen. Uh, this put this match. This show took place on the twenty third of September, and I was assuming when this came up and they said it's a pay per view, I was like, okay, obviously I'm gonna you know get a buy it because I want to watch the show, and obviously I will support Stardom in every aspect that I can. But I thought I'd have to wake up at like three thirty, four o'clock, like I normally do. By no means am I complaining. I'm like a kid on Christmas when there's a loaded show like this. Then I found out just a few hours before that, no, this started like 11, 11.30 my time. Which then I was like, well, what time is this in Japan? And I think it started like 11.45 a.m. So like just before lunchtime on a Friday. So I thought, well, why would they book the show that early? I know it'd be one thing if it was a Saturday or a Sunday, but it's still technically a work day on a Friday. So I didn't think they would draw that well in Corkin. And thanks to Armani Shoes exchange and uh, my and darren chatton who uh, always helped me out with attendance numbers that they had over 1200 people in cork and all which is like mind-blowing considering the fact that it's lunchtime on a work day you, you 1200 people took off work to go see stardom good on you i would have done the same <laughs> i would have done the same so okay we have 10 big matches on this card and this was again this was just another card of the year uh, from top to bottom, I thought this was just an absolutely tremendous card, and they started out with a bang. Hanan, one of the most, another one, one of the most improved wrestlers of the year. Now, granted, she's pitching a zero, coming with zero points, but just has a ton of momentum and a match quality going in, going up against Suzu Suzuki, coming in at eight points. Um, as soon as the bell rings, Hannah takes it right to Suzu Suzuki with a drop kick, uh, starts firing back with some strikes, but then Suzu Suzuki shakes it off, fires up. She fires back with uh, strikes of her own. Souza goes right to a bread and butter early, the German suplex. Bahana rolls through um, with the knee bar. I thought that was a really cool spot as, you know, Hana's very well-versed in jiu-jitsu. And, hey, that leg was there. Let me try to grab it. Try to either slow Suzu down or get the tap with the knee bar. And I like to see Hana start winning some matches with that knee bar because she kind of comes with it out of nowhere, especially on a counter. Big fan of that. Um, Hana targeted Suzu's knee. Suzu fights back with some stiff forms. Big fan of Suzu Suzuki strikings. Um, eventually, uh, Suzu, your own momentum gets caught up with her as Hana catches Suzu with a Hanan special and then follows up with a rocker dropper for a two count. She attempts the backdrop driver, but Suzu reverses it and hits a German suplex. She attempts the tequila shot, but Hana rolls through and rolls her up for a near fall that a lot of people bid on. A lot of people thought we were going to see an upset right here in match one. Eventually, Hana, when she gets up, she eats a super kick, the half Nelson slam, and then the German suplex for the win. Three and three four stars. Excellent way to get this one started. And that takes Suzu Suzuku up to double digits, 10 points. Speaking of 10 points, our next match sees Natsupoi coming with 10 points, taking on Saida with four points as we head over to the neighbors at the, uh, I'm sorry, we stay at the blue, uh, the blue stars block. Um, good lock up to start. Again, if you know that it was a good lockup that started the match out, you know I'm going to put it over. Really good tight lockup between the two. Obviously, Saeed is more of a power wrestler, so she always has like those really good lockups, and you don't see any daylight really in her chain wrestling, which is just another reason why I'm such a big fan of Saeed. Excuse me. Uh, Saeed gets the early advantage with chops. Of course she does. Of course she does. Uh, it even gets to a point where she actually chops the ref. That gets a good reaction of the cork and crowd, and that you know got me a chuckle. Again, I'm not a big fan of abusing the ref, but it was that was kind of an accident, kind of wrong place, wrong time. Obviously, the spot was set up beforehand, so I thought that was good. That was kind of a little ha-ha spot, as because we didn't get many ha-ha stuff in, in this show. A lot of serious wrestling, which is right up my alley. Um, Poi takes advantage and hits a few uh, kicks, and then starts biting Saeed. starts biting the gorilla. Uh, Poi hits the face wash drop kick and then a high cross body for two. That's a Poi, uh, excuse me, Saeeda comes back with some chops and she tries to go for the brain buster. Saeeda, excuse me, Natsupoi slips out of Saeeda's brain buster. It's the flipping powerbomb for two. She goes for the farewell gift, but no water in the pool, as Gorilla Monsoon would say. Um, at that point, Saeeda tries to take advantage with the Itabushi. She only gets a 2.9. Again, another near fall. A lot of people in Cork and thought we were going to see an upset here. Um... Eventually, she hits a release German suplexes. She hits the uh, low spin kick to the face that she's been using to set up a lot of her finishers. And then she hits the flipping Ganoske bomb, also known as the Ferial Ring, for the win. Three and three four stars. Again, another solid outing between these two. And we haven't seen her use the uh, the Ferial Ring. 
that often. So that was uh, was nice that she went to a bag of tricks to defeat Saeeda, and that puts Natsupoi up to 12 points. Okay, we go over to the Red Stars block as we have Momokogo coming up with two points, taking on Saki from Colors coming in at eight points. Um, as soon as the bell rings, you see this a lot with Momo and Hana. I think maybe Hazuki and uh, Mayu Iwatani are telling the younger members of Stars, as soon as the bell rings, throw some drop kicks right in the beginning. So Momo hits a pair of really good drop kicks in the beginning, uh, but Saida shows off her counter wrestling by tripping Momo and then locking in the sharpshooter, uh, something that we haven't seen too much from Saki. So I was a big fan when I see uh, akin to, uh, to to Bret Hart. Can never go wrong by stealing Bret Hart's moves, barring Bret Hart's moves. Uh, Momo hits a 619 dropkick combination, springboard dropkick combination for two, basically going into the Io Shirai bag of tricks there. Again, another another wrestler not bad to, uh, to borrow from. Um, Saki goes for the Wild Buster. But uh, Momokogo counters with a jackknife pin for two. Again, another flash pin that a lot of people bid on. Again, it is the five-star, so uh, upsets happen all the time. Saki comes back with the Mijinoka driver and then hits a, a pump handle blue thunder powerbomb for the win. Three and a half stars. This was simple, solid, got to the point. We got a lot of matches to get through, so this one did what it needed to do. Highlighted Momokogo, showing that she can escape from just about anything and that she can get a flash pin as well but also showed, showed Saki's counter-wrestling. We go to the, uh, excuse me, we stay at the Red Stars block as we have Koguma coming in at 10 points, taking on Azumi, taking on 14 points. So we have the high-speed bomb girl versus uh, the high-speed genius. So you know we're going to see some high-speed action here, and we did in the beginning. Um, uh, eventually, though, Azumi uh, gets the advantage on Koguma and goes right after Koguma's arm. That's basically what she's been setting her high-speed offense up with, you know, these last six months or so. Azumi uh, hits a Rana dropkick onto the outside, and then they chase each other all over Cork and Hall, which I then was like, oh, I don't want to see this between the, 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 the these two. They're so much better than, like, this comedy stuff. Uh, then again, at the same time, we're getting towards the end of the five-star. These ladies, these competitors are probably a little bit beat up. And uh, this kind of match was maybe just to maybe take it a little bit easier on the two. Uh, they tease actually double count out here, which I thought was funny. And then we go back to some high-speed offense. Back and forth they go. Several near uh, pinfalls. And Koguma eventually catches Izumi in the Koguma roll for the three count. Three and a half stars. Again, I was expecting a little bit more out of this match between the two. Because if you've seen them in either tags or singles or the three ways that they've had, that you're getting high speed all the time. And we had a really good beginning and a really solid end that was kind of going back and forth. I just didn't care too much for that middle. Um, overall, though, a fast match again to kind of just get Koguma some more points and to hold Izumi at that 14 points because her, just like Hazuki, uh, the first you know few shows of this tournament looked like she was going to run away with it. So um, we stay at the Red Stars block, and we have Saki Kashima coming with 8 points, taking on Risa Sarah coming in with uh, 13 points. Um, right off the get-go, Risa Sarah, she's not playing any games with Saki Kashima. Again, Saki Kashima is the upset specialist. We've seen her beat Utami. We've seen her beat Shiri. Um, the uh, you know the Kishikasai might be the wrestling move of the year. So Risa Sarah, right off the get-go, hits a DVD. Um, not too not too deep into this match. She's not playing for keeps. Uh, or she's playing for keeps. She just starts punishing uh, poor Saki Kashima. Risa then hits the giant swing on Saki and tosses her right out of the ring. Yikes, that was that was a sight to see. Um, she hits the Vader Bomb Knees for two, and then the Sit-Out DVD for two. And then she tries for the Air Raid Crash, and she gets caught in the Kishikasai for three. Three and a quarter stars. Again, this is a perfect Saki Kasha match. It's just her getting her butt whipped for 90% of the match, and then her countering her opponent's finishers and locking them in the Kishikasai. And it works for Risa Sarah, who's just the best from dominating people. You know, she's got that air raid crash, a sit-out DVD, a bomb, a bombs wing knee drop combination she's been using to beat people. She throws some really good strikes, and then we've seen her just be just throwing people all over the uh, building with that giant swing. So the, the psychology of this match just fit in perfectly to uh, these two ladies' movesets. So we go over to the Blue Stars block as we have Mirai coming in with 13 points, taking on Starlight Kid coming in with 10 points. Taking a little drink of water here. I'm rocking and rolling. Starlight Kid tries to set the quick pace, the former high-speed champion that she is, as she hits a standing moonsault early on. Mariah uses her power to slow down the uh, the one-third of the current artists of stardom champions. 
Uh, Mirai tries her German suplex, but Starlight Kid rolls through and attempts the leg crusher killer submission. Um, but Mirai avoids it, and Mirai is able to wind up getting out of it. Anybody's going to know how to counter some submissions. It certainly is going to be the master of the double wrist lock. Uh, Mirai hits a half Nelson slam and then locks in a neck crank. That thing looked brutal. It looked absolutely brutal. I hope that's a move that she goes to quite often, especially it does a good job shutting up, setting up the Mirai Mirai shock as it attacks the neck. And you know what else attacks the neck? Those 42 lariats that Mirai likes to throw <laughs> every match. Um, Starlight Kid tries for the Momo latch, but Mirai counters it and plants Starlight Kid with brutal power bomb. And then, um, and then uh, she goes to pick her up for the Mirai Mirai shock. And Starlight Kid is able to roll through and locks in the leg uh, crusher killer submission. Again, really good selling here for Mirai, as a lot of people thought that she was going to tap all her pass out. Mirai barely escapes. She gets to the ropes, and that was another great camera shot. I was right where she was. It looked like that her eyes were fading and that Mirai wasn't going to tap out, but pass out. And the psychology of the match would have made sense. At this point, once Mirai gets to the, excuse me, um, Starlight Kid stays on Mirai. As after she gets the rope, she pulls her into the corner of the ring and she hits the beautiful moonsault for two. As soon as she kicks out, the crowd really pops behind Mirai, the reeling rallying behind the God's Eye baby face. Uh, Mirai hits a huge lariat. Uh, kid winds up rebounding with shotgun knees, and then she hits the Black Tiger Driver, and then she follows up quickly with the Tiger Suplex for the win. This was fantastic. The psychology of this match, the selling of this match, the back and forth on submissions that Mirai starts, when she starts getting building up momentum, she starts throwing those lariats, and then eventually uh, Mirai just has just a little bit of separation where she's selling for just a little bit too long, and Starlight Kid just goes back on her and gets super aggressive and attacks with the shotgun double knees, uh, the the pile driver, excuse me, the tombstone pile driver, and then the tiger suplex. Really liked how she went and put Mirai away just as soon as Mirai was building momentum. That stake takes Starlight Kid up to 12 points as Mirai stays on 13. We move on to match number seven. Blue Stars block action as we have Saya Kamatani, the Wonder of Stardom champion, and my overall rest of the year taking on Mina Shirakawa coming up with six points and my most improved wrestler of the year. I was really looking forward to this just because of, you know, for several different reasons. Mina's just on an absolute roll with her five-star matches and improving. Saya Kamatani, again, in my opinion, is the overall wrestler of the year in any wrestling company. And this is Cork and Hall, so we're just going to just see how much more Mina is going to bring it. Because Mina is constantly having, that was the best Mina match I've ever seen. No, that was the best match Mina I've ever seen. No, that was, she keeps topping herself in this tournament with the best match she's ever had. And to me, this was the best Mina Shirakawa match uh, I have ever seen. Saikamatani starts uh, by going after Mina's back. Mina cuts the champ off with the uh, low dropkick, the Muda-style dropkick. Saya counters with her signature high-paced offense, but Mina gets uh, gets her um, gets her opening and hits the Muda dropkick again. She tries to go for the figure four, but Saya Kamatani smartly goes to the ropes. Again, you're going to take away the champ's speed and her high-flying advantage. So really good psychology and game plan going in there for Mina. Uh, forearm fest between the two. Again, a big fan of just the improving striking on both these ladies, especially Saya Kamatani. You know, if you're going to be my wrestler of the year, you better be able to throw really good forearms. Inside Kamatani's forearms have come a long way. And uh, I'm a big fan of how she uses them and how she throws them in a fast pace. But, however, Mina gets the better of the advantage as Mina drops side with a big forearm. Eventually, the champ comes back with a spinning wheel kick that sends Mina to the outside, where clearly Sai Kamatani has the advantage. Uh, Sai hits the perfect springboard plancha. And then uh, she throws her back in the ring and then hits the Kikagoye. And then she hits the Star Crusher for two. I was shocked that like, that early in the match, she's going for one of her bread and butter moves with the Star Crusher. Um, so then she was going up for the 450 splash. And I was like, well, I guess we're, you know, 10 matches on this card. We're going home early. Uh, but then Mina escapes. Saya crashes and burns on the 450 splash and sets her up in perfect position. Great feed and, and uh, positioning spot. For Saya Kamatani, it gives her in perfect position for the glamorous uh, collection. Mina, Saya Kamatani barely escapes. Boy, we had a lot of near pinfalls here on uh, on uh, catch uh, you know catch falls. Um, you know on, on flash. Excuse me, flash falls. Really, really good kick out of two point nine nine for Saya. Excellent job, Saya, putting Mina over huge just in those two spots. Uh, Mina hits her signature rolling elbow to the back of the champ's neck and draping DDT for two. 
Sayakamatani comes back and hits a pump kick and then a uh, step up in Siguri and then hits their pump handle German suplex. Uh, Sayaf, uh, um, ex uh, excuse me, uh, Mina, excuse me, Mina is the one that hits the step up in Siguri and then a pump handle German suplex, a new move we've seen, haven't seen from Mina. I hope she starts using that more often. And I like how she was able to spring the Insiguri into the pump handle German suplex. Sayakamatani fighting experience up, which I basically rises like a phoenix. Uh, I know that sounds corny, but that's the way I see it. I think that's awesome that when she fighting spirits up after a big move like that, um, she winds up uh, getting the pump kick and some more strikes on Mina. Uh, she goes to go to the top rope. The two of them fight for a little bit. Mina hits the top rope implant DDT. And then follows up quickly with uh, the reverse violent screwdriver, also known as the Glamour's Collection Mina Driver, for the big upset win. Four and three-fourth stars I gave this one. This one was absolutely fantastic. And as soon as Mina won this match, I was thinking, boy, I hope that Mina gets a title shot. I really hope that they follow up on this one. Because as good as this was, it could have been better. With again four and three fourth stars, you're just a quarter star away from me for a perfect five star match. That if this match was the main event somewhere and had more time, they could build up the psychology more with Mina going after Saya's knee. So that was literally the first note I have is like, I hope this one is a title shot. And uh, after they made raise Mina's hand, they give the belt to Saya because obviously it was not a non title match. And Mina grabs Saya's belt, and that's a shot we get from all the cameramen there at the Cork and Hall at ringside. So clearly that's a match that they have planned somewhere um, somewhere soon is Mina versus Sai Kamatani for the Wonder of Stardom champion. And again, I always talk about and praise Mina about her, how well she's improved. But if you would have told me coming out of this tournament, that's a match that we're going to, I would have said, eh, even for me, that's a little sketchy. But she has certainly earned it with her matches with Momo, Mayu, uh, Julia, and, and this one here, uh, Suzu Suzuki. I mean, she's uh, Mirai. She has certainly earned it here big win obviously Mina will not qualify for the finals I know there was a couple people on our tournament poll that had Mina going to the finals obviously uh, Mina won't but she gets a big win here over the champion and we will see you know I'm hoping that's what they build to a Mina Versailles Kamatani wonder of stardom championship match and they have a lot to build to and I just love that finish with Mina hitting the implant DDT from the top rope and the glamorous Mina driver for the win and she hit that one dead perfect. And that's a, you know, we see Mina win matches with the uh, with the Glamour's Collection, Mina flash pin. But I think between the pump handle German and then this, you know, the Glamour's Driver Mina, uh, Mina uh, the Glamour's Mina Driver, I think when it comes to these bigger matches, she needs to start putting more people away with those two holds. Uh, excellent job. We stay in the Blue Stars block as we have Momo Watanabe coming at six points, taking on Julia coming in with 13 points. Uh, the two of them start with, uh, I was kind of scratching my head at this, when they start removing the corner post and start hitting each other with them. And I was like, well, okay, we'll see where this one goes. And then uh, the two of them wind up brawling the outside and turns into a mini Oedo tie versus Donald Del Mundo brawl on the outside. Eventually things settle down just a little bit. They get back in the ring where Momo goes to her bread and butter. Those brutal mid kicks, she starts lighting Julie up and then whips her into the unprotected turnbuckle. Julie comes back and uses a curb stop. You know, shout out to Super Dragon there. Haven't seen her use that in a while. I thought that was uh, going to her deep bag of tricks there. I thought that was a cool way to try to get the advantage back. Um, eventually, Momo gets the advantage back. She hits the tree of woe, the kick tree of woe. Um, but I thought that was uh, that was something right there. The way she throws that uh, that that kick into the turnbuckle. That's just brutal. Um, eventually, she gets uh, gets up on Julia, but gets cut off with a top rope uh, butterfly suplex. Uh, big fan of how Julia's been using that hold uh, quite a bit in this tournament. The two exchange suplexes back-to-back, -back, and then they start exchanging head kicks back-to-back -back, as eventually we get the double down, and the two of them wait until they get the cork and crowd right where they want to, which perfect uh, crowd psychology from these two ladies just knowing what to do, when to do, when to put the crowd down, when to bring them back up. Excellent psychology here. Uh, Julie hits the Falcon Arrow for two, and she tries for the Glorious Driver, uh, but Momo slips out and hits the Bastard Driver, and then quickly the B Driver for two count. Momo locks in the crossface chicken wing, and then quickly, as Julie is trying to get to the ropes, Momo says, uh-uh, and drops her on her head with the Tequila Sunrise for two. Momo goes for the wrench, which just seems to be her downfall in this tournament. I can't. I'm the biggest Momo Watanabe fan. I can't stand this whole wrench thing. 
I just I just can't stand it. Um, she goes for the wrench. She puts in her kick pad. She goes for the punk kick. Um, but Momo, uh, Momo misses, and then she gets hit with the uh, wrist clutch backdrop driver for two. So, again, Julia, I talked about it on the Julia uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship reign that she uses that backdrop driver almost as, a, like, a comeback move. And uh, this is, I mean, at this point, you're getting dropped on your head tw- three times, and you almost got kicked in the head with a wrench. So, yeah, you're darn right. I'm going to go into my bag of trips and use my desperation uh, backdrop driver. But she did a wrist, wrist, wrist clutch version of it, which I thought was good, especially for just this match, the um, well, this match is built up. Uh, Julia once again goes for the glamour, uh, the glorious driver. Momo escapes and hits a big head kick. Keep in mind, the wrench is in the kick pad. And then she hits the punk kick. She hits the peach sunrise, which I thought was going to be the one, two, three. I'm like, God, that was a good finish. Julia kicks out. And the crowd like really pops for it. Momo, you can see, just selling frustration. She holds on to Julia. Like, doesn't give up the uh, the hold, the pump handle that she has. And she hits two peach sunrises, locomotion style, for the three count. Again, this is another four and three four star match the way this show just ended these last handful of matches was just absolutely superb absolutely something i haven't seen since like wrestle kingdom like four years ago um and big gets the big upset win so that takes momo up to eight points and leaves julia at 13 and they don't say this now i'm probably going to forget so uh, i i think julia is going to win this tournament and i think she's going to win the i think she's going to beat sherry um, at Wrestle, uh, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom at a uh, <laughs> Dream Kingdom at the end of the year. So, what this five star is doing for Juliet already sets up a first handful of opponents. Whether she has to defend the briefcase on the road uh, to the end of the December show, or after she wins the belt. So we have a Momo match set up. We have a Mayu match set up. We have a Mirai match set up, and we have a Hazuki match set up. So whether we get those on the road to Sumo Hall, or we get them after she wins the belt. To me, I'll take either or. I'll take either or. Um, or she has another, say she has a draw with Suzuki and another draw with Mayu, and then she wins the belt, and then uh, that's where she gets her wins. But the way that Julia's title, you know, in my mind, that when she, once she wins this belt, I think they have to go with her. She's just becoming such a huge star in a company that has over 200% growth. You want to keep growing. I think she's the person that you have to pull the trigger on. Uh, I think they just keep building her up, you know, for the next two or three months to the end of the year. But to me, they already have set up three or four opponents already for for her uh, for a title run. So I think the booking is just absolutely genius. And who wouldn't want to see Momo walking out and get another shot at the red belt, right? I mean, come on. We go over to the Blue Stars block as we see teammates at Stars at Hazuki, who's on a bit of a losing streak, coming in with 14 points. She went a perfect 7 for 7, has not won since, going up against the 2018 winner, Mayu Iwatani, coming in with 11 points. Uh, they start off with some super fast offense. We kind of knew that they would. Mayu tries the running low boot drop kick. Uh, Hazuki winds up cutting her off, and then Hazuki gets the advantage. Then she tries her face wash, uh, running face wash. But Mayu counters, and then they go back and forth. And then eventually, great psychology there. They both of them are trying for two of their big moves early on. They both get countered because, after all, they know each other so well. Eventually, Mayu does hit that drop kick boot scrape um, spot and sends Hazuki to the outside. Mayu misses a big dive, uh, and then Hazuki quickly goes back in the ring and hits her big dive. I thought that was a really, really cool spot. Great way to start this match, like two minutes in, and they're throwing boot scrapes, and then Mayu's diving onto everybody from Stars and half the people in the front row, uh, and then Hazuki hits her big dive. Uh, Hazuki hits face wash, and then finally hits that face wash that she was going for earlier on and locks in the STF. Um, eventually, Mayu gets the advantage back by hitting a top rope Rana, Hazuki pops up and she winds up hitting a code breaker on Mayu. She hits the Hazuki driver for two. Mayu comes back with a super kick crucifix combination for two. And then Mayu starts raining down forms on Hazuki. Keep in mind, like, Hazuki's one of the best strikers in stardom. And Mayu's just bringing her striking game. And we Mayu's always had a really good striking game. But she's really brought up to another level of, since the beginning of last year's five star. So, again... Huge fan of Mayu. Huge fan of people that strike really well. It's raining down forearms on uh, on Hazuki. Hazuki fights through and winds up hitting a pump kick. Uh, she goes for a quick cover. Mayu kicks out at zero. For all you Animal House, Animal House fans, 0.0. Uh, Mayu hits a super kick and then a dragon suplex combination for two. Mayu goes to the top rope for the moonsault. Um, and she, uh, she misses. Hazuki gets out of the way. 
Hazuki quickly hits the Hazuki Straw Cradle for the closest three you'll ever see. Again, another flash pinfall attempt in this show. It's a great job. I don't know if this is just coincidence or when they put these matches together. Like, yeah, we're going to have on these uh, these 10 matches, we're going to have six or seven of them. They're going to have the closest flash pinfall attempt that you ever did see. Um, Mayu hits the tombstone as she tries to go to the top rope to finish off Hazuki. Hazuki's got nothing left. She's eating these head dumps. She's eating uh, super kicks. She just ate a tombstone, which we haven't seen Mayu hit all that often in this tournament. Um, but as she's going to the top rope, Hazuki uses the last bit of energy she has and grabs Mayu's foot, trying to hold her go to the top rope. And then Mayu just turns to her and just starts stomping in Hazuki's face. She's like a low super kick and then just is just like Brian Daniels and stomping her face. Eventually, she goes to the top rope, hits the perfect moonsault, 4-3 count. Oh, I thought that this was told a great story, great way to start the match, great false finishes. You didn't know where this was going to go. Eventually, Mayu just stomps the crap out of poor Hazuki and gets the three count. Again, this is another four and three-fourth star match for me, taking Mayu up to 13. And the losing streak of poor Hazuki comes in at 14, but if you're going by match ratings... Uh, Hazuki's just, she's the MVP of this tournament. I mean, just, there's a couple people that are close with one one show to go, but I think that when I, I do my wrap-up show, I think Hazuki is going to take the crown at MVP of this tournament. And I'm going to stick to my gun saying Hazuki is going to be the one to stop the reign of Sai Kamatani for the white belt. Now, unless they decide to kind of pull the trigger with her and go all the way and uh, have her win this tournament, there is that, there is that possibility as well. We go to the main event of what was um, a match earlier on this year. I gave five stars to for it was for the World of Stardom Championship belt. Obviously, this is not for the championship belt, it's just for more points. As Tam Nakano coming into the Red Stars block here, the leader with 14 points, taking on our champion Shuri coming on with 12 points. I just want to make a note here. It's heavily noted. Uh, it's noted here that the Tam's elbow is heavily taped up. The last few matches. Her elbow is really, really taped up, or her elbow, like, almost up to her forearm. So not sure if she, there was an injury. I haven't heard anything reported, or if it's just wear and tear from all these matches uh, that they're doing. But hopefully at the end of this tournament, Tam gets, a, like, a week or two off to kind of just rest herself. Um, because she's been really, I mean, everybody's just been going hard in this tournament. But she's she's been wrestling like, like a bat out of hell, like she's got something to prove. And boy, how did she ever in this match? This was a match that she wanted to get back on, Sherry for uh, getting so close to winning that red belt just a few months ago. Um, Tam wrestles Sherry into the ropes where uh, she winds up hitting a big running knee and sending the champ to the outside. Tam quickly follows up with a top rope high cross body, starting off fast uh, is Tam Nakano, and then brings Sherry into the ring, hits a big German suplex for two. Really good way to pop the crowd here. You know, they, they're nine. This is the match 10. They've seen nine fantastic matches. It's a really good way to start this, to keep the cork and crowd hot. Uh, Tam goes uh, back to the top rope, but Sherry tries for the double wrist lock takedown. These two ladies just stay on the top rope, what it seemed like forever, just striking each other with slaps and forearms and headbutts. Uh, Sherry eventually gets the takedown, locks in the double wrist lock, pulling at my heartstrings. Uh, Tam eventually gets the ropes, but Sherry locks, pulls her back, and locks in the straight arm bar. Again, huge fan of how Sherry uh, uses like the catches, uh, catch can wrestling uh, motto of if you don't get a submission right away. You move into something else. Uh, big fan of that. Obviously, Sherry is a legit shooter. Uh, then the onslaught of strikes come from the champion. We get slaps. We get knees. We get kicks. We get head kicks. And then we get a buzzsaw kick for two. Sherry decides to try to put Tam away. Goes to the ruin. Uh, Tam slips out. And uh, she uh, pulls. Excuse me. She strikes uh, Sherry onto the apron. The two of them go back and forth. Tam tries for the apron German but eats a, a head kick, sending Tam to the floor. Um, Tam winds up hitting a desperation German suplex onto the floor as Sherry tries to go grab her to try to create some separation because her head is just about caved in from just the brutal onslaught that Sherry was giving Tam just a few minutes ago. Uh, Tam hits a flurry of three violent shootings, only gets two. Tam hits the violent screwdriver, which I thought this was going to be the finish the same way that uh, I thought their match was going to go for about a split second. For the championship, again, 2.999. Sherry has now kicked out of the violent screwdriver twice. I don't know. Has there ever been another wrestler in stardom that's ever kicked out of the violent screwdriver more than once? You let me know. Matt Turner OF on the Twitter. 
but uh, Sherry kicks out of the violent screwdriver twice, or well, once in this match and then once in their championship match a few months earlier. Uh, Sherry goes, to, excuse me, Tam goes to the uh, her other bread and butter, the Twilight Dream, but uh, Sherry escapes Tam, then kicks, uh, and then excuse me, and then she kicks Tam's bad arm. There it is, going back to the arm she worked on earlier with the double wrist lock and desperation here. She's trying to get out of the Twilight Dream. She escapes it and she targets Tam's arm to create some separation. Really good back and forth psychology there. She locks in the rear naked choke. Tam eventually gets to the ropes. Cork and Hall is really coming up here. Um, Sherry goes back to the arm and she transitions into several arm bar attempts. Again, if uh, you don't get somebody on one, you go to another, basically staying on the arm, just using double wrist lock combinations and straight arm bar combinations while locking the legs. Eventually, Tam, it looks like she's going to get to the ropes, but she just dies out. She gets so close and the ref calls for the bell. Again, four and three-fourths stars. I gave their championship match uh, back at Midsummer's Champions five stars. Uh, so I like the championship match just a little bit better than this one. But on this card, you had the last five matches, Starlight Kid Mirai, four stars. And then the final four matches were all four and three-fourths stars. I, I'm going to have to sit down. When I do my end of the year, well, even not only end of the year, when I do my, my wrap-up of the five-star, you know, what my five favorite shows are, I'm really going to have to, you know, contemplate. There's so many of these shows that were so good. It just seems like the Cork and Hall is like their hollowed ground for this five set because they're just knocking them out of the park left and right. Absolutely fantastic show. So, again, night uh, 19 is not up. Um, but there's going to be 10 matches that I would – night 19 has eight matches. And then I'm going to be doing the uh, the two matches from – you know, I'm probably just going to review the whole entire uh, Stardom and Showcase of uh, Volume 2. Um, electric boogaloo show so when i do my review of the final night of the five star which again will probably be in your feeds in the next four or five days uh if not sooner because i'm probably going to be doing that podcast asap so i'm going to be doing night 19 i'm going to be doing stardom and showcase 2 and then i'm going to be doing the finals as well just because i want to get that out as soon as possible as just because night 19 is not up on stardom world as this recording i have a feeling it will go up tomorrow which will be thursday so i will it gives me something to watch on thursday okay so now let's go into all these wacky scenarios and possibilities we have for this final night so before we do that definitely need a drink here and hope everybody's enjoying themselves and having a good time and enjoying the podcast okay so, let's take a look at the block winner. The so what we have here is going into the final night. I'm just gonna read over who is still alive. Mayu with 13, Hazuki with 14, Saikamatani with 13. Natsupoi is she's eliminated. Julia with 15, she's the block leader. Marai at 13, Starlight Kid at 14. And Suzu Suzuki at 14 as well. Uh, and as crazy as that is, the Red Stars block is even worse. Uh, <laughs> Koguma at 12. I think that she might have an outside shot at it. I don't think so, though. Uh, Yutami, 14. Azumi at 14. Tam Nakano at 14. Mike at 14. Himika at 14. Shuri at 14. Risa Sarah at 13. So, I've had several people send me so much information on who can still... 3, 6, 9, 12. I have 13. Or somebody sent me 13 possible winners of this tournament. Then somebody sent me that Starlight Kid not, is is out. So regardless, this is what I was sent to me. And again, thank you so much to uh, Dragon Moon. Thank you so much to Armani Shoot Exchange and uh, Darren Chatton for always helping me out. As again, this show is probably going to air at 3 or 4 in the morning my time. Of course, I will be up watching this. And I might need like a Sheldon Cooper level genius to still help me explain this. So, okay, here's what I have. We have Julia. She has the easiest path. All she has to do is beat Suzu Suzuki. She's got 15 points. That's all she's got to do. And she has the tiebreaker over Sayakamatani. Sayakamatani coming with 13 points. Uh, she has the tiebreaker over Mayu and Hazuki. She needs a win. A Julia loss. A Mayu win. A Hazuki tie. Mirai win. And a Starlight Kid loss. Her final match is against Ami Sori. Uh, I'm going to say she beats Ami Sori just to make things a little bit more crazier. Okay, we have um, 
we have Micah. She's got 14 points. She has the tiebreaker over Utami, Azumi, Shuri. She needs a win, uh, a Tam tie, or a loss. And her final match is up against Himika. And that's in their Red Stars block. So I'm going to back up. Julia's the Blue Stars. Uh, Sai Kamatani's the Blue Stars. Okay, uh, Micah is in the Red Stars. So, okay, Red Stars block uh, Himika. 14 points. She has the tiebreaker over Utami. Risa Sarah, she needs the win. A Tam loss, an Azumi loss, and a Shuri loss. And again, her final match is up against Micah. So we stay in the Red Stars. Uh, Risa Sarah, she has the hardest way to get in. Uh, she's got 13 points. She does have the tiebreaker over Azumi and Micah. She needs a win, a Tam loss, a Utami loss, and a Himika loss. Her final match is against Shuri, a rematch of their championship match at uh, Flashing Champions. We have Shuri coming at 14 points. She has the tiebreaker over Tam, over Azumi, over Himika. She needs a win, a Micah loss, and a Tommy loss. And again, her final match is up against Risa Sarah. We have Yutami, who's my pick for the Red Stars block. Um, she has 14 points. She has the tiebreaker over Tam, Risa Sarah, and Shuri. She needs a win, a Micah tire loss, a Himika tire loss, and a Zumi tire loss. Her final match is against Koguma, and I think they'll they'll drag that one out as far as the uh, <laughs> the flash pin falls. But I'm gonna say this. Here's my prediction on this one. I'm gonna say that Utami wins, and I'm gonna say Mike and Himika go to a draw. I have no problem watching Mike and Himika just beat the crap out of each other for 15 minutes, shake shake hands, realizing they're both eliminated from the tournament, and say, "Hey, let's win the tournament in the fall," because um, I think they would be favorites to win the Goddess of Stardom uh, tournament. Maya Iwatani, she has a tiebreaker over Hazuki. She needs a win, a Hazuki tire loss, a Saikamitani loss, a Julia loss, a Mirai loss. Her final match is against Starlight Kid. My prediction is uh, Mayu stopped Starlight Kid last year. They're going to play role reversal, and I think Starlight Kid is going to block Mayu this year. And I think that we will see them finally have their blow-off of their match, uh, of their feud that they started about a year and a half ago at uh, Dream Queendom. I think that would be. I think if you have a, you know, you have a white belt, uh, red belt championship match, a red belt, uh, a red belt championship match, a white belt championship match, you give a good tag match, and then you give me a long Mayu or Starlight Kid uh, match. That's just gonna just <laughs> solidify Stardom as the best wrestling company of 2022. Um, so that's my prediction. Hazuki, 14 points, tiebreaker over Julia Mirai. Starlight Kid needs a win, a Julia tie or loss. Final match versus Momo Watanabe. A lot of people think that the losing streak is going to continue. Hazuki has never beaten Momo Watanabe in a singles match. At least I don't think so. Uh, she lost earlier this year on night two of World Climax. She lost a fantastic match, which was my favorite Hazuki match of all time uh, back in 2018 for the white belt against Momo. Um, there's She probably had three or four matches in this tournament. That's actually better than that match. But I think she finally gets the win over Momo. And I think that will set up the stage for Julia versus Suzu Suzuki. More on that later. We go to Starlight Kid. Again, this was sent to me, but I don't think this is it's possible. She does have 14 points. She has a tiebreaker over Sayakamatani and Mirai, but she needs a win, a Julia loss, and a Hazuki loss. And her final match is against Mayu. I guess that makes sense. I thought I did get somebody did send me a message that she doesn't have any tiebreakers, but she did beat Sayakamatani and Mirai. So I guess it is possible. Sure, why not? Let's add more to it. Um, Tam Nakano, uh, 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 many favorites to win the Red Stars block. She's got 14 points. She has the tiebreaker over Himika, Micah, Risa Sarah. She needs a win, an Azumi tire loss, a Shuri tire loss, and a Utami tire loss. Uh, and her final match is up against Saki. Mirai, who is still in it, she has 13 points. She has the tiebreaker over Mayu and Julia. She needs a win, a Sayakamatani loss, a Julia loss, a Hazuki loss, and a Starlight Kid loss to win the Blue Stars block. Her final match is against Sayaida. That will be a good one. And then we have Azumi for the Red Stars block. My wife's pick to win the Red Stars. She has the tiebreaker over Tam, Himika, and Utami. She needs a win and a Micah tie or loss. And her final match is against Saki Kashima. Oh boy, this is a lot harder than I thought. I really thought... My original pick is Julia over Utami. And as more and more as this tournament is building up, it looks more like Julia over Tam. 
Again, but obviously I'm going to stay with my pick. So here's what I think is going to happen. The Blue Stars block is a little bit easier to predict. So I'm going to say that... I'm going to say Sai Kamatani beats Ami Sori. I'm going to say that Hazuki beats Momo. And then I'm going to say that Julia beats Suzu Suzuki in what will be the last match of the tournament before the final. But I think it's a match that Suzu Suzuki dominates. Either she dominates and then Suzu, or excuse me, Julia catches her with a flash pinfall. And, and then Suzu gets so mad that she just beats up Julia and leaves Julia for dead for the final. Or as soon as the bell rings, she gets out and they start the next match. I see Julia wrestling matches back to back. I see this match, her and Suzu Suzuki as the main event of these, uh, these, the, uh, of all these matches of what is it? 12 matches. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, twelve matches. So I see that as the the final match, and then I see Julia just taking a beating. So she's just like left for dead. So whoever wins the red stars when they come out, Julia is automatically the underdog because just the beating she took from Suzu Suzuki, whether it was in the match or post match, and that the. Uh, that basically they're going to be the crowd is going to be getting so behind Julia because she's going to be fighting from underneath. But now, as I look at this, it's not as clear as I thought on who's going to win the Red Stars. It's it's really not. I'm going to still say Utami. I'm still going to say Utami because uh, I think she gets the win. Mike and Himika go to a tie. It's yeah, she needs a win. Mike and Himika go to a draw that eliminates them, and then Azumi gets rolled up by Saki Kashima. That's that's the way I see that one going, but it's, oh boy, it's so close. It's, it's so close. But yeah, I'm going to stick with my original pick. The Tam, Tam, the Tam Road, Tam Road just seems so much harder. She needs a win, an Azumi loss, a Shiri loss, and a Utami tire loss. I say she wins, but, oh geez. Okay, so quick picks on the show. Boy, this is something. Uh, Okay, so let's go. Mirai beating Sayaida. Um, uh, Yunagi beating Momokogo. Yunagi needs to end this with a win. Mina Shirakawa, Natsupoi. Even though I've seen somebody put something up on Twitter, it's custody for Tam. <laughs> Match. How dare you? Um, I say Mina beats Natsupoi here. I think you keep the Mina train rolling, and then maybe you tease something with Mina and Yunagi going after the tag belts after the Goddess of Stardom tournament. I know a lot of people have, uh, even though they haven't announced any of the teams or brackets, have Pink Kabuki, you know, winning the whole thing. Azumi beats Saki Kashima, maybe. Uh, Hazuki beats Momo, Watanabe. Yutami beats Koguma. Sai Kamatani beats Amisori. Uh, Tan beats Saki. Starlight Kid beats Mayu. Mike Himika go to draw. Julia beats Suzu Suzuki. Shuri beats Risa Sarah. I don't even, I might have just messed everything up. But regardless, we're going along. I'm sticking with my pick. I still think Julia wins the whole thing. I really, I think that Julia's just the person to go. I think she's the person to go. I think she's, she's going to be, she's ready for it. I think Shuri's done a great job with the red belt. You have Shuri run all the way to the end of the year where she puts over uh, Julia. And then maybe you can do something with um, Shuri building herself back up to get a rematch against Julia, letting her fall short. Or you do a Julia versus Saya Kamatani match. I don't think they're ready to take the again. I think Kazuki is ready for that white belt, but I don't think they're ready to take it off uh, Sai Kamatani yet. I think that you need to do another Starlight Kid match. I think you maybe you need to do another Mirai match. Obviously the Mina match. Oh, obviously the Kari match, and then maybe something if she beats Shuri. It's just like hey, the you know hey we won the belts, we won our belts at last year's uh, Dream Queendom. You know let's let's you know maybe somewhere in 2023. But I think. I think when you crown Hazuki, I think it needs to be the main event of some show, maybe in 2023. But I, I don't think you take the belt off Sai Kamatani. She's on too much of a roll right now. Uh, she's making other wrestlers look better than they already do. But anywho, I can, we're going on past an hour. Um, I know, again, I'm going to be recording again probably this, as you hear this, this is Friday. Probably recording again either Saturday or Sunday. Um, I might record saturday as soon as the show is over and then i'm going i'm wrestling at a show so uh and uh sean our editor-in-chief is making his managerial debut he'll be managing me so um sean's a busy guy <laughs> as uh, 
He's got a lot going on. I know that he has just put up the Julia uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship reign. So thank you for getting that up, Sean. Um, thank you for getting this episode up in time. And thank you for pumping out what will be the next episode, which will be a three-show review. As um, you know, I hope you're enjoying the podcast because if you are and you're a Patreon member, you're getting a lot of content. And then on Monday morning for the Red Belt tier Patreon members, you will be getting Mayu Iwatani versus Utami Aishista the five-star finals from 2018. So a lot of cool stuff going on with the Stardom cast. Um, guys, any questions, comments, please let me know. Uh, Matt Turner OF on Facebook and or the Instagram or the Stardom cast on Twitter as well. Um, Matt Turner, not on Facebook. I'm sorry, Matt Turner on Twitter. As I'm going long. There's so much stuff to go over. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for these shows. Again, I'm going to be watching this live. So please feel free to hit me up on Twitter as I will be probably live tweeting my, uh, you know, different parts about the show that I'm really, really enjoying. I know that it's, it's so interactive. That's what's great about stardom. And uh, it's what's great about Twitter. A lot of wrestlers I know don't like using Twitter because of the negativity. I understand that. But it seems like the stardom fan base, it seems like we're our own little positive bubble. Just, you know, rooting on this little engine that could, and it can, and it will. Um, and this podcast is hopefully uh, reaching a lot of different voices and, you know, opening up a lot of eyes to what I truly believe is the best wrestling in the world. But I'm going to wrap this up uh, before I do. Guys, head over to puro-tv.com. Enter the keyword Vista, V-I-S-T-A, for 10% off your order. Take a look at that uh, website. A lot of phenomenal Japanese wrestling DVDs and classic DVDs from the 70s and 80s. If you're a collector like me, you like physical media, you don't have to worry about the internet going out. You have it right there at your fingertips. That's the best way to go. There's some phenomenal sets. Uh, all the five, pretty much every five star is uh, in a DVD set. There's a phenomenal Risha Hoshinki DVD set that I have. There's like an eight disc Suzuki set. Um, there's a phenomenal eight hour Minoru Suzuki DVD set that I have to pick up. I will once I come back from New York Comic Con. Um, another story, another day. Oh, uh, I know we're running along. Before I sign off, I want to wish a happy 18th birthday to my wonderful daughter, Miss Lily. Um, Post a lot of her artwork that she does. Her birthday is October 2nd. This will be dropping Friday, October 1st. I'm sorry, September 30th. This will be dropping. Um, her birthday is Sunday, October 2nd. So um, happy birthday to my 18-year-old girl. It's amazing how time flies. Okay, that's it. I'm going to end the podcast. Again, any questions, comments, hit me up on my social medias. You know where they're at. Um, again, because we're just trying to grow not only this podcast, but trying to get as many people to watch stardom as possible. As Just remember, folks, because this isn't just my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all in this together because everybody's different. Everybody's special. Thank you all so much. I hope you all enjoy the finals of the Five Star Grand Prix. Have a great day. Great night. Remember, your Uncle MT, he loves you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.